What's the biggest mission feel in your community? And what's the best place to make a difference in that community? You're going to learn today in this episode how those two things go together to help you monetize your ministry. Trust me, you don't want to miss this episode. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry Podcast. And you get a chance to interact with them. To me, that's full-time ministry. You get to serve them. You can be a tenant. You're going to be paying somebody forever. If you do not niche down, you will never be successful. You're so busy just trying to catch everyone and never reaching the right one. Yeah. Um, the bottom line is the truth of the matter is you're not going to die happy because tattoo diabetes is like a thief. It brings in itself and then it opens I want to provide content and things that are going to help change lives. And I simultaneously want you to receive a blessing from that. And embrace that calling. I believe God's blessing that stuff. God's blessing that stuff. Now here's your host, Kamon Hunt. All right, welcome back to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. Super excited that you joined us today. Um, before I forget, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Go to YouTube, look mo- look up Monetize Your Ministry podcast, and make sure you subscribe. We're pushing towards another goal. Uh, we had a goal of getting 100 subscribers. We passed that, and we're getting close to 200 if we haven't gotten there already. And if you have not subscribed, please make sure you do so. And if you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening on a podcasting platform, please leave us a rating and a review. Now, I am super excited to have today as our guest, a friend of mine, Mike Khan. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Kimon. I'm excited to be here, man. Listen, I got to tell uh, our listeners, our viewers, some stuff about you, Mike. Um, before I give them your bio, let me tell tell everyone that we met as a part of a coaching program. We were both um, a part of this program to help us improve our mental fitness, and it was transformative for both of us. We stayed in contact and just looked at how our journeys of life and ministry and business have intersected. And I want to thank you for just being such a great friend and just someone who is just always willing to share and to pour in from your knowledge and your experience. So, Mike, I just want to thank you and invite you. Uh, glad that you're on this episode today. Man, Kimona, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it's always iron sharpening iron with you. I always really enjoy our conversations. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, let me read your bio because I think your bio really helps to set the stage for what this podcast is about generally and this episode will be about. So let me give our viewers just a little bit of background who Mike Khan is. Mike has lived his entire life in church, like some of us, right? He sang his first song when he was six, trusted Jesus when he was nine, and he surrendered to the ministry as a senior in high school. He began working in the church at the age of 19, and Mike, you've served in many capacities for over two and a half decades. Now, today, Mike is a professional speaker and operates his own business called Mike Khan Coaching and Consulting. On one side of the business... Mike speaks to students in schools, helps them navigate their social-emotional issues. And to date, you've spoke to, you've done 903 sessions in high schools. By the time this episode comes out, Mike, you'll be probably at 905 or 10 (laughs) or who knows, right? You'll be getting close to 1,000. And then the other side of Mike's business is called the People Lab, where he solves the problem of division and disunity 
in the workplace, leading 512 sessions for chambers of commerce, businesses, and nonprofit organizations. Mike's mission is simple. He doesn't just want to see people. He wants to help people feel seen and feel valued. I just love that. Uh, Mike says his business is the second greatest work of his life so far, next to being Janae's husband, Rayleigh Jackson, and Jacob's daddy. Hey, Mike, what a great introduction. And I just think all of the stuff you shared there just aligns so great with what we're talking about today. Thank you, man. I've enjoyed watching episodes of the podcast and I'm learning something new every time I watch it. And uh, when when you messaged me about being on, I thought, man, what an opportunity to be able to share the thing that's really the most important to me. Um, and, you know, with the, the sessions with schools, it, it kind of started. I was an elementary, um, uh, really a children's pastor at the time. And um, uh, I started going to I went to this fifth grade class to this teacher. And I said, I said, Hey, um, ma'am, your students, uh, have a reputation that's preceded them and it's not good. Uh, could I have about 30 minutes with them before they head to middle school? And she smiled and said, no, I'll give you an hour. And so <laughs> we scheduled a time for me to come in and I brought, um, this note card and had, uh, some things on it that I wanted to say to those fifth graders. Um, and I brought it in and uh, she didn't really lock the door, but I brought it in and sat down. I told him four things. And one of those things was I'm for you. And another one of those things was um, you're entering the most selfish phase of your life, uh, dot, dot, dot. So make good choices. And and that's really kind of where it all started, um, started with fifth graders. And today it goes from middle school, you know, really I've done sessions from kindergarten up through high school. It just kind of depends on what the school is looking for. Um, but the interesting thing that happened as I started doing, I don't know. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing as a, as a church guy. I was always playing the home games. Like they would always come to, whether I was a youth pastor or a kids pastor, they're coming to my Wednesday night room and I set it up however I want. But those first couple of sessions I went in and I just didn't want to die. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm on their turf now, you know? And I was, I mean, I started this when I was 40. So I did my first session in a fifth grade classroom when I was 40. And that first year, um, we did 77 sessions uh, for free. And of course, when you're working at a church, everybody's like, oh, Pastor Mike or Mr. Mike or whatever they call you. So the assumption is you're just doing it for free. And like, I mean, all right. And it was so great to get started. But then when we started working for the next season, the second season, because this was in 2016, um, I'm like, you know what? I love being married. I, yeah. I want to stay married. So let's try to navigate how does this work. And 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 that's when things started kind of picking up for me, um, just as far as some doors opening and uh, still had some uh, still had the church job for a while and then uh, was able to do some sessions in schools. But then uh, and then I'll toss it back to you after this. But I had a business owner that came up to me and he goes, huh, you help students navigate social emotional issues. That sounds a lot like developing soft skills in the workplace. Can you come mm. talk to my customer service team? Wow. And I've heard you talk on the podcast before about moving before you are ready. Like I've heard yeah. several people talk about taking that next step and everything. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Because for me on the outside, I was like, oh, absolutely. We can do something and on the inside. I was like, Oh, please, dear God, I hope so. Like, let, let this go well. Yeah. And and that's really kind of how it started moving. 
And, and the more I got into it, the more I saw whether it was a middle schooler or a fifth grader or a high schooler or an insurance agency owner or a, an owner of a restaurant or construction workers, people are people. And so that's where that mission for me came very, very clear. I don't want to just see people. I'm going to help people feel seen and feel valued. And um, that's that's one of my favorite things to talk about. You know, Mike, as you as you talked about that, um, and we're going to get into there's some things that you told me about the school and chamber of commerce and how those mm -hmm. things work together. Um, it is clear now you started in church. You worked in the, as you mentioned, that home field. People were coming to you. And now you're in schools, you're in companies, in chambers of commerce. What would you say to someone who says to you, Mike, hey, Mike, why did you leave the ministry, right? And I, I know I usually ask people to, to define ministry, but I'm sure mm -hmm. if someone has said to you, Mike, you left the ministry. What's your response to someone who says that now that you're doing stuff in these spaces? Hmm. I think it's a great question. And um, what normally I do is I'll uh, get a bottle of water, mm -hmm. take a drink to make sure that I'm thinking through what I say. Because sometimes if I'm not careful, you don't get Mike with Jesus. You just get Mike in my responses mm -hmm. and my answers. And that's yeah, not yeah. good. Um, and so when they say... Um, why did you leave the church? Um, I, I, I kind of look at it differently and I kind of smile and I say to my pastor friend, whoever says it, let me ask you this. When was the last time that you were invited into an insurance company and they didn't ask you to pray for the meal, but they wanted you to share leadership principle. Mm -hmm. And I got to be careful because it sounds like a little bit like, like I'm being a smart aleck. And I mean, that's kind of how I roll sometimes, but, mm -hmm. but what I really believe is true is I've never been more in the ministry. Mm. I just don't get paychecks from a church every time. Yeah. Because when I say I don't just want to see people, I want to help people feel seen and feel valued. There are three specific people in the Bible that I pattern that after. Jesus and the woman at the well. He, he wasn't supposed to see her socially. He wasn't supposed to speak to her socially. But he did speak to her. Um, the woman who was caught in adultery and paraded around for guilt and for shame. Not only did he not heap guilt and shame on her, he helped her feel seen and feel valued. And then Peter, Peter the pirate, Peter the swashbuckler, Peter the dude who cut off a dude's ear, and he's ready to go to war. And Jesus picks up the guy's ear, puts it back on his head, and then he says, we're not doing that right now, Peter. And then Peter promptly went away and denied that he even knew who Jesus was. And then Jesus did what we know that he did. He died and then he rose again. And, and then the, the interesting thing, especially as a dude who's been in church my entire life, we see Peter having breakfast on the beach with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know how it started, but we know how it ended. Jesus, Jesus used Peter to build the church that you and I have served in, the ones that we serve even now in the different places, the, the pastors, the individuals, the groups, the, the, uh, everybody that we serve. I, I'm not saying that if God didn't use Peter to build the church, we wouldn't have the church. Right. I'm saying it's very significant that he used even Peter, mm -hmm. a guy who denied that he even knew him. And there are days where I look in the mirror and I, I see someone who feels like maybe the woman at the well, who like nobody really should even talk to me or wants to talk to me or I don't feel like there's a place to fit in. And, and the woman 
caught in adultery, who was paraded around for guilt and shame, man, whenever I mess up or whenever I feel like I'm way less than, like that dude in the mirror is relentless in heaping the guilt and heaping the shame. And that's never what Jesus has done. Mm-hmm. And even for someone like Peter, who has this pedigree and this resume of following him and doing amazing things, but he also ends up being the butt of the jokes a lot of times in people's sermons or in their talks because he sank like a rock or whatever the thing is. Like, like I think he had the courage to step out of the boat. And, and that's not the only thing that he's known for, but those three stories really helped me put in perspective, no matter who I'm speaking with and no matter the setting, if I can help someone feel seen and feel valued in the way that Jesus did, that is quintessential ministry. That is the epitome yeah. of ministry. And yeah. um, of course, that's not an elevator pitch, so I don't get into all of that stuff. But, no, but that's good. F- for your audience, man, I-, I think that's really important to have your own purpose, your own why, your own individual story that you don't have to rewatch the movie to see, but it's just so deep inside of you and uh, being able to share that in so many different ways. By the way, you could tell Mike's a preacher. You can Mike just get you three, three stories and there's a nice Mike, you're a preacher. But I think what's really important that you're saying here is one that especially in the world that we live in, church does not have the home field advantage anymore, right? Like people aren't knocking down our doors, no matter how great a production we put on, who's singing, who's the band you bring in, who's the speaker you flew in. People aren't knocking down our doors to come to hear and to experience what we have. And so here it is. People still need to be ministered to, right? They need to be seen, They need to know that someone sees them in their worst moments, in their moments when they feel like giving up. And one of the ways to do that is to take that ministry outside of whatever walls we construct for a church and move it into the marketplace like you've done at schools and at businesses. And I think it's so important to understand for people who are um, professional ministers, right, people who are getting paid or people who are are what we call just ministers, right? Just every Christian. The work you're doing in the marketplace is valuable. I think that's something that we want you to hear over and over again on this podcast because you may watch one episode or 100, but I want you to hear this on every episode. So, Mike, let's talk about schools, right? Okay. There, there's a statement, biggest mission field and the best place to make a difference in your community. Talk about that in terms of what you do with your work, because there's two arms to it, right? There's the school arm and the and the and the other arm of it. But wh- where did you come up with that concept of this biggest mission field being the school? Well, I just think that um, "Build It and They Will Come" is a terrible. Uh, it's a great title for a baseball movie from 1989, but it's a terrible idea for ministry or for rearing of business. anything. Yeah. For business, for sure. Like it was, we'll just tell them that, that, that they should come and, and just wait for them to come. Like, come on, man. Uh, and I think part of that came out of my frustration in serving in the church and just catching, just waiting for people to get here instead of going to where they are. Mm-hmm. And so when, um, when I was, I mean, I started thinking about the short people. I mean, I was the child, the minister to children and families at the church. And I thought, well, where do I, where do I go see them if they don't just come on Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings? And well, I mean, you got to go to school. And, um, but, but my wife's a public school teacher 
And I've been to, to, to China, been to house church in China twice and two, two different trips. Love China. Um, I've been to, to Mexico a couple of times. So I've been on mission trips. And so I know when I'm going into the schools, I don't want to do anything that's going to get me kicked out of that house church in China. And I also don't want to do anything that's going to get my wife, the public school teacher, fired from her teaching job. Mm -hmm. So so the shift was instead of um, opening and closing every session, every meeting that you ever have at church on a Wednesday night or even a Sunday morning, a lot of times by the same way that we've always done it, I knew that if I did that, I w- either I would get tossed out or she would get at least uh, reprimanded. Right. And so, so what I had to figure out was, hey, Mike, you got to become a better communicator. What happens when the crutch of prayer is taken away from you and it's not really ever taken away, but sure. what happens when, when you Being don't to get to loud. do that? Right. Exactly right. Because that's the, that's the thing when, um, <laughs> when some of my minister buddies, my professional paid minister buddies say, uh, you, you're allowed into the school. You've been in there 903 times. No, no, I'm not allowed. I'm invited. That's right. different. And they're like, oh, can you teach me how to get invited? Yeah, write this down. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> Two, they're not broken. It's not your job to fix them. And I think I look back and and some of my biggest um, coaching moments have been from missed opportunities or failed opportunities that I had previous to doing these sessions and even, of course, some since. And so I think for me, it started, I wanted to go to the school and I thought, I mean, I don't know a lot of people that are doing that. Um, but what if I could give it a shot? And when I went in and I didn't die in the first session and then about 10 sessions in, I thought, I mean, I'm, my kids are older than some of these kids, but they don't seem to hate me. Then about, about probably 20 sessions in, I started to kind of, everything kind of started to slow down for me a little, um, I wasn't worried about saying the wrong thing or, or about how to, how to treat folks or any of that. Um, and then uh, something happened and I realized I can literally do everything I've done on Wednesday nights for, at that time, 20 years, except pray and say the name Jesus. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I still can't talk about Jesus. I just mm-hmm. don't say, and Jesus said, or Jesus did. One of my favorite ways to talk about empathy is be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and be slow to get angry. But I don't have to say that's James 119. That's Jesus' little brother telling mm-hmm. you how to do it. Yeah. But that is the best way I know to develop empathy. Be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and be slow to get angry. And so for me, it uh, it was initially, it was lots of, okay, these are the main things that I want to say. Um, how do I, how can I say that in a way that's not uh, churchy? And so what I did is I just built this nine session framework on leadership. And <laughs> whenever I hold this man, I feel like a rock star. I know I'm not a rock star, but because it used to just be a blank sheet of paper. And then kind of like... Um, kind of like a previous conversation that I heard on your podcast about some, someone who's going to hire a, a speaker. And he's like, I didn't know it was going to be you, but you are the person that I was looking for yeah, because yeah. God told me. Right. Yeah. So for me, it's like, whenever I do this, I knew there was something different, something more, something extra 
that I needed to do because the truth is I've always felt like a ministry mutt, like, like not a purebred anything. <laughs> like I can do yeah. some of a little bit of everything, yeah. Yeah. but I didn't have a clear lane. And so with this, then I was able to see, okay, I'm helping kids feel seen and feel valued and um, I'm not getting tossed out. And, and then I thought, well, it'd be kind of cool if we, if we had a, um, some sort of a, not a secret handshake, but just something a little bit different. So I started doing this. And I told the kids, I walk in, I say, hey, listen, now remember, this is middle school and this is really elementary mm -hmm. school. I mm -hmm. said, okay, anytime you do this to me, I'll always do this back to you. If you ever do this to me and I don't do it back to you, either one of two things happen. Either I didn't see you, which is entirely possible, uh, or you did it to a dude who looks like me, but wasn't me. <laughs> and if that happens, please come tell me the story. Um, and an interesting thing, the reason we started doing that is because I asked them, have you ever waved back at somebody who wasn't waving at you in the first place? And they're like, uh-huh. I'm like, how'd that make you feel? Really good? No. Stupid. Small. Insignificant. Like, it didn't matter. Like, a mistake. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, but you're not those things. No one ever accidentally does this. So anytime mm -hmm. you yeah, do this yeah, to yeah. me, I always do it back. And so the cool thing is, as I part of what we do, it's very similar to what a lot of churches do with a mentorship or like the Sunday school time or Bible study, they'll have some teenagers who come alongside and they teach the elementary students. Well, we had something similar to that with the leadership program in the high school. And so I'm telling these high school students in this leadership class, how I do this and the kids do it back to me and they feel seen and everything. And then that night, the first night I'm talking about this with a high school group that night, I saw a, a nice girl at, um, at Walmart, like at 1130. And she had all kinds of stuff in her hands, you know, and she sees me. She goes, wait, 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 wait. And she's moving stuff around and she does wow. this. Wow. And I do this. I only had like two things. And so I put my two things to the side and I do this. And she had a tear that came down, which sounds like a made up story that a preacher would use on a podcast or something. <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. And at that point, I thought, OK, if it's going to help her feel seen and feel valued, Hey, Mike, there's a lot of baggage in between your ears. It kind of gets in the way. And I talk myself out of things and, and I have conversations with people they just didn't have to be present for. Um, and, and I think a lot of times I've missed the mark on what God had for me to do because I didn't have the courage to take that step. My so getting into the school and following up, man, every time I come back, uh, I think, okay, we're here for one more time. And it's not just, I just hope one person feels seen. Uh, uh, uh. Jim Collins in the book, Good to Great, said, what's your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal? What do you want to be the best in the world at? And the first time I read that, I thought, best in the world? What a stupid... Wait a minute. Best in the world? Huh. What if I could help people feel seen and become the best in the world at helping people feel seen? And that kind of became a... Um, uh, not a North star, but it became something that's definitely a metric that I'm, I'm trying to see with the audience every time, you know, who did I help feel seen that day? Yeah. yeah. Mike, this is, this is amazing because everything you're saying, we understand it in the ministry church context, but it's also something that people need in everyday life, mm. right? Students need it. Right now. Talk about that. Because you've talked to me about if you were doing, I'll just ask you the question this way, because okay. I want you to kind of expand on how chambers of commerce and other places, how do you do that? Mike Khan is going into a new city. Talk about your business strategy 
to reach and to impact not just the community, but also to build business because that's what we're talking about, monetizing. Yeah. What's your strategy? Because you've told me it, but I want you to tell our, our viewers. Well, it's all centered on what I think is the second most powerful three-letter word in the English language next to God, and it's for, F-O-R. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times in leadership, we think, uh, we'll ask a question, uh, who are you for? Which sounds right, mm -hmm. but that's all about my intent. Mm -hmm. And just because I'm for Kimon doesn't mean that Kimon knows that I'm for him. And so from a business perspective, if what a lot of times what I do is I'll have 10 minutes to talk like at a lunch and learn for the chamber or our chamber here in Duncan, Oklahoma. But how did you get to the how do you get to the, the chamber? Because I think you told me it's like, OK, like it's a connection. Yeah. Um, the best way the best way to that I've done it is just to let them know that I'm for them, which sounds kind of it's I, I don't know how that sounds like you just walk up to someone and say that I'm for you. Um, yeah, I offer to help. Yeah in any way that I can. And um, there's always, you know, I've, I've had some opportunities just to come answer the phone a few times at our chamber. I don't mean like there's a quota of two or three times, but anytime I'm trying to get a meeting with someone, I'll schedule the meeting. So uh, with the chamber, with the secretary or the president or whoever I'm going to meet with. Uh, and then I'll ask him, hey, what's your favorite daytime drink? And then there's a little chuckle because, well, you, it depends on what it's five o'clock somewhere. And there's always kind of a joke or in there. But what's your favorite, your favorite daytime drink? And so they'll tell me and then uh, I'll say, OK, one more question to the nice person who answers the phone. What's your favorite? Not just the directors, but what's your favorite? And they're like, me? Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite? Oh, well, and they say Diet Coke or whatever it is. OK, fantastic. And so I show up at the appointed time and I bring a drink for the person who answered the phone and for the leader. And. I just start serving them and, and I make it a point because they'll say, well, what are we doing? What are you doing here, Mike? What can I do for you? And I smile and I say, that's actually the wrong question. The question I'm here is what can I do for you? How can I help serve you? And um, they'll say it, it takes them off guard sometimes. And I'll say my message is simple. I don't want to just see people. I want to help people feel seen and feel valued. And, and I know a lot of times, um, especially on social media, a lot of times that the information you get that's tossed in your direction as a chamber, it's not uh, it's not encouraging. It's ways that you left somebody out or you missed the ribbon cutting or whatever, whatever, whatever. And I just want you to know that I'm for you. And they look at me like I'm a Martian, like for you for me. Yeah, I'm for you. Um, I believe that's the most powerful three letter word in the English language. And it's one that most people are forfeiting because it's so much easier to be known by what we're against than to be known by who we're for. And Jeff Henderson wrote a tremendous book called Know What You're For. And he was uh, one of the pastors at um, the North Point Church mm -hmm. and, and Gwinnett Church. When they launched the church, you know, a lot of times when there's a new church coming, they'll put future home of whatever the church is going to be called. And what they did is they put a hashtag for Gwinnett. That's it. Gwinnett County. And that's how their launch team launched the church months before weeks before they had they bought that billboard that said for Gwinnett and then a little bit later on and he goes into great detail it's a it's a it's an awesome story that I feel like I should have already known right um but he, they started wearing shirts that said hashtag for Gwinnett and when people would say what's this hashtag for Gwinnett for they had handles because Jeff is a master of uh, the vision carriers have to equip uh, the vision casters equipping the vision carriers, right? Put handles on what we want you to say. And when someone says, well, why would a church do this? Our response is this. 
well, we believe the church has been known for too long for what it's against. We want to be known by who we're for. And when I heard that the first time and I read it in the book that I promptly went out and bought, um, I thought, yo, that makes a ton of sense. And I've been in church my entire life. I've been that dude. I've given away big screen TVs for a vacation Bible school event. Like I've, I've, I've done lots of things that are not bad things in and of itself, but it wasn't the main thing. It wasn't the best thing for me. That doesn't mean anybody else shouldn't do it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for me, I knew that there was a better way for me to serve them. And what I found in dealing with chambers, dealing with businesses, is whenever you say I'm for you and I'm here to serve, it's like in the church, right? Like, like sometimes they don't even give you a background check. Like, okay, here, we need you to move these chairs. We need you to do this here. Because nobody gets a good call Friday or Saturday evening or the night before church, whenever it says, hey, it's, it's 530 the night before, but I just want to let you know I'm excited to serve with you tomorrow. It's always like, well, sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it or all these yeah, different things. Yep, yep, yep. Those are the same things that people experience in the marketplace as well. And so for them to see someone who's like, yeah, I'm for you and I'm here to serve you however I can. Like it's kind of a novel idea. And so yeah. from me serving them, uh, what's happened in several chambers is they said, well, we've got this free thing. We'd love for you to come and speak. And then uh, we always talk about four, like I was just showing, uh, sharing with you. That's good. Look, M Mike, you know what's interesting? And I want to ask you a question as uh, a sales and marketing strategy, how okay. this works. But I want to hold that because I want to just encourage our listeners uh, right now production. Um, you're watching this podcast, you're seeing the overlays, you're seeing the intros, you're seeing the outros, and you're wondering, where did these come from? Well, right now, Media Productions, that's the company that I've used as I was launching this podcast. I've put them in touch with others, and I've used them for other live video productions. You're putting on um, an online event, you have multiple speakers, you want a good professional look. You need to check out Right Now Productions. And the way you check them out is you go to rightnow.remote at gmail.com. Just send them an email, rightnow.remote at gmail.com. Tell them um, Kimon sent you, and they'll give you a great deal. And they'll help you to be able to launch your podcast, produce your event, produce your online conference, and they'll do it right now for you. All right. Just wanted to make sure I give that plug for our sponsors this week. All right, Mike. So someone's here, and they're saying, okay. I don't like I don't want to be salesy, right? Cuz we're coming from a ministry mindset. I don't want to be like trying to get over on people. Mm. And Mike, your method sounds great because that's what people in ministry are, are at least that's what we've learned you're supposed to do. Serve others. Mm. But Mike, as you said it, like you said I like being married. And I like yeah. being married cuz I know and, and one of the ways I need to to stay married is I need to make sure I'm helping to provide for, for my family's needs, mm -hmm. et cetera. Mike, does this work? Does it work that, because when I hear you talk about schools, I, I, you haven't talked about, you work out a price structure with them. When I hear you talk about the chamber, you're not leading with price. Mike, is this strategy viable as a marketing and a sales strategy to keep you in business? Talk to us. Um, yes, and some days more than others. Uh, okay. Because it's so difficult 
Um, because for me, I mean, I know about myself, I'm an Enneagram two with a three wing, which means I'm a people, ple- I'm an ambitious people pleaser, which means how can I help you to welcome to Chili's? I'm in your party. Like it's that kind of a always <laughs> leading towards what can I give? And, and the difficulty has been when we're having the negotiations and, um, I throw my price out and people say, well, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. And then I get into my bag and I pull some. Well, how about if I offer an extra 30 minute, whatever, a Zoom this or a workshop that or something like that? And it's a, I mean, it's a balance. And I've not mastered it for sure. I'm, okay. uh, as of today, I mean, yes, we've done 900 sessions, 903 sessions in schools, and we've done 512 sessions, mm-hmm. um, which is great for businesses. But there's also a bunch of them where I'm like, okay, well, this is, um, this is me taking this talk, taking this step and doing this talk in faith, because the, the truth is everything that I've got is just like my bread and my fish from the famous story in the Bible. It's all that I've got. Like today, you've got a microphone and you've got a sponsor. Hey, congratulations on having a sponsor. Like, that's awesome. Like, like you've got this is what I've got and this is the message. But how um, how counterintuitive and how um, unwise is it for me to say, well, this is what I'm going to do. I have it all figured out in the same way. It's like, Hey, Jesus, this is all I've got. And I want to give it to you so you can do amazing things that only you can get the praise and the glory for, because that's for me, that's the thing. It's um, just in any business, man, there are, there have been seasons where I've had incredible highs and then, man, seasons where I've had so many lows, I'm like, hey, God, you forgot. Like, I'm like, is this, you know, hitting the microphone? Is this thing on? Like, are we, did I lose connection somehow? And those are the times when the history that I have with God is like, hey, Mike, I didn't leave you or forsake you. Do you, are you still with me? Do you still really believe this is what you're built to do? Mm. Because the truth is, at some point, um, if it's something that you've got to go do something to pay the bill so you can keep doing the thing that you love to do, you'll for sure do that. Yeah. If the ministry and the purpose and the why of what you're doing is really big enough, you'll find a way to finance it. I mean, we see we see that Paul did that. I mean, it's not like he was a, a circuit speaker. He wasn't sure. a headliner, right? So, so I think part of it is what are you built to do? Uh, and for that really is the biggest part of it. Matthew 5, 16 is one of my favorite verses ever. And um, Jesus basically says, do good. So other people see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. And that's why I call the uh, leadership labs, do good leadership labs. And I go to schools and I say, hey, listen, no matter who you are, everybody can do good. But nobody can do the good you can do the way you can do it. There are a lot of people who will speak and they'll do, they'll say the same message. They can take my outline. They can do whatever they want and they can do the talk, but nobody can do it just like me, good or bad. So what I've got to be able to do is not really just sell them on what makes my talk so great. And okay, we've got eight traits of a great teammate and then eight traits you won't tolerate. Like it's not that it's the goal is I want to help you help your team feel seen and feel valued. And especially when we're talking about this current environment where people are quiet quitting, uh, mm-hmm. where people are, are, are just, just walking out, 
there's a big movement towards people operations and that's not to leave HR out in the cold, but it's more of a focus on the people side of things. And there's a survey that was done. 72% of the people who took the survey said the number one factor in their engagement was recognition. Mm -hmm. 60% said they don't feel like they've been recognized enough in their current position. And 53% said they've never been recognized. Wow. Now, the question is not, are they right or are they wrong? And if you're like me as a leader, your angry eyebrows, well, this is how I recognize people doing this. That's the wrong question. It's not yeah. a on who's on trial. It's how can I help them feel seen and feel valued? How can I help them feel like they matter? Not just me telling them that I think they matter. You know what's interesting, Mike? You started off saying your mission and you said it over and over. Helping people see, feel seen. Now... What is interesting about what I'm hearing from you is your mission is clear and it's almost like your mission is now solving a problem that the world is, is you know, like quiet quitting, people not feeling recognized. And I think for a lot of us, and I want to say this right so I don't be, mis I'm not misunderstood. Okay. Business is about solving problems. Absolutely. But you have to have something that is at your core that you hold on to that God will then re reveal a problem to you that you are set up to solve. But you don't just come out here with a blank slate of, you know what, I'll just find the most lucrative problem and solve that problem. If, you, if this is about monetizing your ministry, you got to figure out what's the, what's the thing that God has given me as my message, my mission, my clear purpose. If you're clear on that, it sounds like God matches that to a need in the world. Man, I completely agree with that because the truth is I didn't choose to have brown eyes. Mm -hmm. Whenever God was making me, he put me together and we know that he built me on specific for works that were predetermined. We know that he didn't just like, well, I wonder what Mike's going to do. He built me for a specific purpose and that God promised he's never going to leave me or forsake me and that God I have a history with. So whenever I was looking, I went through that process you're trying to do uh, that you're just talking about finding out what problem do you solve. And, and it was a, it was a, a, a very tedious process. And uh, our buddy, Kevin B Jennings, uh, he was mm -hmm, my coach. Mm -hmm. He helped me through it. He was like, Hey, listen, Mike, what's, what's the problem that you want to solve? I'm like, I mean, I, I don't even know what you're asking. Like he said, well, just think what's the deal for you. Cause he, he, he was my business coach. I hired him to be my mm -hmm, coach. Mm -hmm early on. And I said, Hey, um, he, he called me one time. He said, Hey, uh, sit down. You're not going to like this. I got something to tell you. Uh, I said, okay. He goes, you're not a leadership coach. I'm like, okay. And then he said, uh, you know what else you don't do? Uh, he said, you don't, you're not a culture coach. I'm like, Phew. he said, do you want me to tell you what you do? I said, yeah. And you better hurry because I'm losing hope right now. And he just kind of smiled and he said, Mike, you're a people guy. Mm. And when you help people feel seen, their leadership grows. When you help people feel seen, the culture rises. But if you yeah. say, I'm a, I'm a leadership coach, then it's like, okay, when you think of leadership, who do you think of? The first person you think of. For me, it's John Maxwell. John Maxwell He's like, yeah. okay, so you want to get into like a leadership coach off with John Maxwell? Yeah, he didn't yeah, say that. Yeah. But no, of course not. But he said, he said so what's the problem that you want to solve around people? And then we kind of workshopped it and that, you know, did all the brain dump and all that sort of stuff. And, and then it really came back to, man, I, you know what I can't stand is division. 
And I don't think that people always intentionally divide, but sometimes with their apathy or their even their unwillingness to have a hard conversation or their indifference or whatever the thing is, division just becomes a byproduct of it. And growing up in the church, disunity, I mean, come on. Like, uh, there's some great things happening in the church. But in my mind, I thought, okay, if I could solve a problem in the church, what would it be? Mm. Mike, this is good. Because it's interesting, the problem that you had, that you found in the church is the problem that you found in the world. But there's a mission, a clear thread that God has given you. Now, now, as we wrap up, someone's going to ask this question. So I have to ask you this. Okay. Mike, when do you bring up money? Because you talked about your prices, right? <laughs> when do you bring up money? Because you have a heart. It sounded like, so if if tomorrow someone just donated a billion dollars to you, you would do all of this stuff that you talk about for free. Oh, man. Yeah. You bet. And you would... You would send. Uh, you would be one of our main sponsors on the podcast. Absolutely, you that, right? sign right. me up for that. Yeah, <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but until then, right. In your work, in your, how, I'm, I'm for you, and how can I serve? Mm-hmm. When does how, when is the money conversation? How do you approach that? Well, that's. I mean, that's a struggle for me to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest. Um, and whenever we added someone to our team it became a bigger struggle because now it's not just me and my family. It's me and my family and him and his family. And so, so uh, I'm less likely to do stuff for free. Also, the other part is now we've got a YouTube channel where we've got 131 videos on our people lab YouTube channel. That's for the business side of things. So now I can say, well, typically for a one hour session, I charge this much. Uh, for 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 one to uh, I charge this for a one off session, uh, for two to four sessions there's a bit of a price break, and then five to ten sessions I'll charge this fee, and then if they say well and they've said that several times well we don't really have that money we don't I, I love what you do but I can't afford to pay that money then I come back and say man I appreciate that and um, I, I'm 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 a business owner and trying to operate a business and I know you're a business owner trying to keep overhead down and invest in your people and all those things. Uh, I understand um, where I'm working towards is, hey, we've got a fantastic YouTube channel that's got 131 mm-hmm. videos, and I'd love to serve you there until you get to the point where you say we can do their, your lowest price. But what I've done sometimes is I've said, well, how much I, you're a nonprofit. I love what you guys do. I know everybody's not the same. So, so what could you do? I'm for you. What could you do? Because now instead of it being Pastor Mike who will work for free, I've told them what my fee structure is. So any price break they see, they see as generosity. They see as mm-hmm. grace. They see as goodwill. And mm-hmm. and they also know that, especially if I'm doing something here locally, they know that, well, yeah, I mean, I go to, my kids go to school with his kids. My wife teaches with his wife or yeah. whatever the deal is. Uh, it's a struggle, but it's a conversation that I need to, con- that I am continuing to have. And I'm also trying to provide some solutions um, in a couple of different price breaks to be able to help with that. So I'm not, because for me and for any of us who have ever served in any sort of ministry ever, the, the word, no, I can't help you. Yeah. That's, that's daunting. So instead of it being, no, I can't help you. um, Now it's okay. Go back to the lab, Mike, and figure out some solutions 
this is what we've got to make to keep the lights on. And one of the speakers I listen to says, we got to eat and live indoors. Okay. So this is the, the bare minimum money we've got to make to do that. But in the meantime, we have a solution we can point you to um, that's on YouTube. And of course we do lots of stuff on reels and all that sort of thing. Um, trying to get uh, snippets and get sound bites out of anything that would be able to help people. Um, but the money conversation, um, I'll tell you how I've done it poorly a few times where I just kind of, yeah, we'll figure it out when I get there. That, that ended horribly wrong um, in, in more ways than one. But what I've started doing, I've, I was already advised to do it. And I'm just like, yeah, but I don't want to push people over the edge. No, no, this is what the price quote. And it's good for 30 days. And I'm going to send you a speaker agreement. And then when mm-hmm. you sign the speaker agreement and then you send a deposit back, I'll move you on my calendar to in pin. Mm. That has been very, very helpful to me um, because there, I mean, we all want to do things with a handshake or with be able to trust people and take them at their word and all those things, especially in ministry. But I think we also, if we were to tell the truth, we've also probably got some um, stories, some war wounds or whatever mm-hmm. of, of things where it didn't go well and we felt like we got taken advantage of. So I think that's a big part of at the heart of your conversation. How do you monetize ministry? And in order for that to happen, you actually do have to set the expectation and then be willing to walk away. That's good. That's good. You know, Mike is like you provide options for people and then you also do business in a good way so that you can have the things to show. um, Here's what my prices are. And then I think some of this is also internal work. I think some of this is just kind of balancing where, where is my side of not just serving, but wanting to be liked. I think a lot of us have to like differentiate between the two. All right, Mike, let me get you out on this. Tell us how people can get in touch with you, find out more about you, connect with you if they want some, um, I was going to say leadership coaching, but <laughs> get it right. Um, people people connection coaching i love it that's great um our website for the schools these are the two best ways the website for the schools is dogoodleadershiplabs.com and uh you could go and see some examples of some talks and the three big buckets and all those things there and then for businesses probably the best way is to go to our youtube channel and subscribe uh it's the people lab and we've got 131 videos there over things of uh, communication and culture, execution and teamwork, leadership, supervision, and personal development and growth. All drains lead to the ocean, and we're trying to help people in every way that we can. Awesome. And I also want to give you Mike's website, MikeConCoaching.com. Go there and connect with him. Mike, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. Um, I know it's freed someone because someone is trying to figure out, how do I do all of this stuff? You're telling me... Um, Four. I love that word. Four. It's been a pleasure, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, y'all. Make sure you subscribe, share this one, and uh, let's continue increasing our income and our impact. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Monetize Your Ministry Podcast with Kamon Hines. For more information, visit our website at www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. That's www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please 
share this episode with someone who needs it. Let's increase our income and impact.